coming up on Verse Course Verse. Dude, it's been forever. Sven, are you a part of it? Ooh. I'm a part of it. I'm a part of it. I miss you much. <laughs> That's next. Welcome to episode 65 of Verse Chorus Verse. Oh, dude, you know what that means? Sorry to interrupt. No, you're good. What does it mean? In four more episodes, the 12-year-old boy that lives inside my head is going to giggle <laughs> Will. so hard. Oh, it's a fun one. They're all fun. It is a band dissection of a band that would be loved by a 12-year-old boy. So it's very <laughs> fitting. Nice. If any of you can guess what band that is, send us a little Instagram. Guess what band it is. I'll send you a shirt or something. Heck yeah. If you can guess it right. First course, first episode 65. I am DL. With me is Sven, the black cat Knutson. Sven, how are you tonight? I'm fantastic. I'm here. I'm about to talk about this album with you. Heck I don't know. Yeah. Things are looking up. How are you? I haven't seen you in like a year. Yeah. Been a few weeks. I, I lost track. Jen Batten's interview was the last time that, that I was, saw you. That's, that's right. Which just posted, which the feedback has been phenomenal on. Lots of fanboys and girls coming out of the woodworks for yeah. that one. People people love Jennifer Batten. I mean, people are going to catch on to our whole like marketing strategy here. You get these guests <laughs> that people are addicted to and want to know more about. It makes us look really good. Mm-hmm. Actually, I lo- you know what? Credit to all of our listeners because we, I think, run the gamut of genres topics we do drinking games and then we do like these interviews are a little more serious and we got some folks that are hardcore stuck with us through all of it so i completely agree with that and to tack on to that you know i was a little bit worried that since we don't always just talk about fucking nevermind or why this grunge band was this or you know all the things that you're supposed to talk about on a music show Mm -hmm. we do we talk about every single genre and every piece of feedback I've gotten which has been a lot has been thank you for doing that it hasn't been like when are you going to talk about Alice in Chains bro it's been good job talking about everything right so I love that right yeah it makes it fun for us so glad it's a mutually beneficial arrangement it's really nice to get listeners that like a bunch of different genres listeners that are excited when it's a jazz episode or it's a soundtrack or the album today which is a very 80s i don't even know how you'd categorize this yeah because pop influencing it got like nominations and all like i can't remember like several genres of music it sounds like a very very obvious genre now yeah i was a little too young but when it first came out i feel like people would have been a little more whoa oh yeah this very excited for it what have you had going on in your life man today was an awesome day two of my half brothers that i haven't seen in like three years came into town and so i had dinner with them and gonna hang out tomorrow a little bit with them and that'll be that'll be fun like you know seeing seeing family you haven't seen forever is is always good yeah Um, that's awesome yeah and then i started gigging again just a little bit there's a little what uh, i'm part of a little trio that just we we play cover tunes and stuff but like it's casual oh that's why we just do a bunch of cover tunes. That's awesome. We have an amazing vocalist, my friend Lane Watkins, who 
has some original tunes. A vocalist named Lane. She is an amazingly well, that's soulful. I feel so lucky that I get to listen to her sing almost weekly. Will I have a chance to hear any of it? Like, do you think you guys will record anything? Or uh, I don't know about record. Maybe at some point. I don't know. Right, right now, we're just doing a lot of like community events, and uh, so like past Tuesday, we did a, an event called Story Story Night. It's a really cool thing where they get people from all sorts of different walks of life to come and tell their story. There's always a theme for the evening. So what kind of music do you play at site? Like, we do, do you a just... little bit of, it's a little bit of everything. We did some Sarah Barry Ellis. We went more with like deep soulful kind of a feel since it was more of a, yeah, like a story. Wait, do you play bass? And this time I was doing percussion. You're playing drums. Cajon. Oh, really? I played cajon and a hi-hat okay. and then swapped off on guitar every now and then. So there were some, some songs where our keyboard player would jump on the cajon, do percussion, and then I'd pick up guitar and play some guitar. Yeah, that's one thing I, I noticed. Playing in, you know, with headphones on, playing into like a laptop or it's a whole along with like a track thing. or something. Yeah, and I, I was getting sloppy because I knew that yeah. I could fix stuff. And then this whole live thing, having to play in front of live people where you don't get another take, whatever you play, that's what they yeah. get, that's what they hear, as you're going to be remembered for. It's just, it forced me to woodshed my chops so hard. I kind of went through the same exact thing you did, and we didn't even talk about this. That's funny, because it's not like it's a spoiler or anything, who cares? But you and I were working on a version of Big Time by Peter Gabriel to go with the Peter Gabriel episode. Yeah. And it was this real super synth-soaked, almost not sarcastic, but this just this whole different vibe of an 80s song. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We had done really well, and it sounded great, but there were a couple parts that needed flexing. I edited it into the episode and I was like, you know, fuck it. It's fine. Whatever. The next day I woke up and I was like, what the hell are you doing? If a song's not done, it's not done, man. It made me do like a whole reset yeah. in my thought process. And that song was fun to work on. It is fun to work on. We started it right when I was listening to a whole ton of old Nine Inch Nails and Depeche Mode. That checks out. Which is, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> does yeah. that, does that sound yep. like it rings through? Yeah. That might be a fun little how-to, a little walkthrough walk YouTube through video YouTube. someday. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of YouTube content next year. Rachel, Sven, and I are working on a little bit of stuff. Evil is going to have some content. I think we're going to work out some Sven videos too. So things are moving, man. Numbers are skyrocketing. Yeah. People are listening. New listeners, welcome. Thank you. I don't know what mm -hmm. the hell happened over the past two weeks. I don't know if we got talked about by another podcast or if we were on some list or whatever, but our numbers skyrocketed. We go through little gradual lifts every now and then, but this one is legitimate. So new listeners, welcome. Thank you. I hope you have your drinks and you're ready to go. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Oh, we started doing the whole Dude. drink win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they got drunk enough. We didn't actually listen to the episode. We were so tanked. Yeah. We got to go Where's listen to it again. One. <laughs> the music that you heard coming in to this episode, that was by Mike Daughtry and The Drift. I actually really freaking like this a lot. It's actually a little bit fitting for the album we're listening to. It's got this super mid to late 80s vibe. It's like this Michael McDonald, Kenny Loggins sort of. I'm telling you, this is something you would never think that you would hear from a current artist. And I like that. That's not poking fun at it. I think that that's fucking cool. The song that you just heard is called Shoes. 
It's from an EP that he has coming out on May 6th. He's based out of North Carolina, which I lived there. I can rep it. It's really, really fun stuff. It's extremely entertaining. It's fun as hell. And I'm serious. I turned this on when he first sent it to me, and I... I kind of chuckled in a good way because like I'd never heard any sort of recent artist doing, you know, the 80s synthways and stuff is big, (laughs) but to hear the kind of old school Michael McDonald type music, it was, it's fucking cool, man. I really like it. So Mike Daughtry and the drift, once again, like I said, the EP coming out May 6th, go to his Instagram page. It's Michael Daughtry music. So Michael Daughtry, D-A-U-G-H-T-R-Y music. Or you can just go to michaeldaughtrymusic.com. There you go. Check them out. You're going to hear them two more times in this episode. Sweet. Look them up and download and get ready for that EP. Tonight's episode, well, you see it's Spend and I only. That means that we're back to the number one episode of a rotation classic album. The last classic album that we did Classic. was which one, Sven? Thriller? Yeah. Was that the last one? It was the most famous of the Jacksons. Yeah. Now we are heading to my personal favorite of the Jacksons, which is Janet. We're going to talk some Rhythm Nation tonight. Sven, before we started this, how familiar were you with this album? I was pretty familiar. It's just been a long time since I gave it a listen. I was more familiar with it, maybe not when it came out, because I was like six years old. Well, this album stayed in the mainstream for like four years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The hits. The hits kept going. Right out so far. Yeah. It's one that I think anyone that was alive, even if you didn't seek it out, you heard it everywhere. It should be at least mm-hmm. semi-familiar to anybody listening. If, if you were alive in 89, 90, 91, I don't know. It's one of those, I just said, I don't know, like five times because I really don't. I hey, don't know I have an edit button. how, you know, of course the hits. It's and, so 75% of the album. Which Yeah, it, 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 it is. It is. You know what, I, what would surprise me? I don't think I'd ever actually paid attention to the interludes. And I will say that mm-hmm. going through and actually not skipping those, because anyone that I think I've said this before. Yeah, you're not a skit fan. Yeah, I'm not a skit interlude, you know, but I appreciated it on this album because it made it way more succinct and tied it together. And I think that's what the skits or the interludes are what really, for me, help tell the story. And now I see, like, I get the whole Rhythm Nation story now a little bit better. I understand. Because, you know, there was the political stuff they talk about. But then there's also just, like, dance pop and, like, some love story. And it, it... it didn't feel as neatly wrapped up as it does now to me. So I've gained a whole new appreciation for it, I think. We'll talk about this in the episode. You know, Janet Jackson fell off the face of the earth for some really shitty reasons. Mm. And because of it, a couple of her albums, and I don't even think in my opinion, I think it's a fact, a couple of her albums that were extremely influential and amazing got kind of shoved to the side Mm -hmm. and forgotten about. We'll talk about that in the episode. First, we got to talk about the most important part of the night. What are we drinking tonight? Sven, what do you have? I have, let me dig into the magic cooler. This is from Crux Fermentation Project. Crux. Awesome brewery that makes some really awesome 
Uh, really awesome beers out of Bend, Oregon. And this is a Noisy Boy IPA. Y'all know how much I love my India Pale Ales and hoppy shit. So citrus, pine, little sweet. Yeah, comic book boom, bam, pow kind of thing yeah, going on. Yeah, like the Batman It, it, it looks like font. an energy drink. It, <laughs> but it will do the opposite. <laughs> All right, nice. Well, I am much more boring than you tonight, Sven, but that is because... Last night here, so I have a tradition. I am a man of many traditions. I am a everything is important to me because I'm a nerd. <laughs> and the first night every year that it is going to still be at 70 degrees at sunset, I buy a six pack and a barbecue. And that six pack is always Corona. First nice sunny day of the year that you can hang out in your backyard, sort of feel. So you're telling me that it was sunset and 70 degrees yesterday it was 77 degrees for some reason Holy all day yesterday shit. and then it was like 50 today because the northwest <laughs> doesn't the north make west. any fucking yeah washington is the weirdest state for about a week they've been telling us that it was supposed to be 80 degrees here today and i don't think it made it past 74 well that's still pretty good it's still close but sure that was that peaked for maybe like five minutes and then the wind came in and at sunset it was 60 again <laughs> And then the only other thing that I want to touch on really quick with you that Sven, that Sven, you're Sven, mm -hmm. that evil Rachel and I touched on last week. We did quick fire reviews. Before that episode, we actually commented on it that we were bummed you weren't there because we think it probably affected you the most out of all of us is Taylor Hawkins passing oh, away. Oh, shit. You're going to make me cry. You were very bummed about this, and we all kind of knew you were going to be. Yeah. Anybody that listened to season one, we talked about Foo Fighters a lot, and Taylor Hawkins was a main focus for you. Without getting into this being like a, a drum episode, <laughs> and maybe, I don't know if I've ever said this before, maybe it's like it hit me after the fact. I can say now without a doubt, he was my favorite favorite drummer to listen to i had two opportunities to watch the foo fighters live and missed both of them mm. and now it's like a, a selfish sadness that i don't get to see them live there's just so much that's gonna be missing from the world of music when when stuff like that happens suddenly and it's just shocking it puts a lot of things into perspective mm -hmm. it kind of makes you think about your own life i mean he was young like 50s man like i mean he had lived that life for a while he had but uh, but I, yeah he was was, he was. He was young, and I don't know if I said it in the last episode or not, but the Foo Fighters, they just seemed like one of those groups that he never seemed strung out. Right. You never looked at him and was like, oh, fuck, man. Always had that smile, always had that energy. He seems mm -hmm. like he was... It just always came off as such a positive energy. We'll talk about him again in the uh, season finale, which will come out in December. But for now, we got to talk about this wonderful woman behind me. Janet Jackson and her amazing album, Rhythm Nation. Before we take a break, though, Sven wants the mic. What, 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 what? Random trivia time. <laughs> um, actually, this one, I don't think it'll be too hard for people to piece together. History question. What year did Francis Scott Key write the Star Spangled uh, Banner? Let's do the honor system, listeners. If you can answer, drink with us. Because you know, just like we know. Or if you don't know the answer, drink. Because you don't know the answer. We'll give you this break to think about that. We'll be right back.
We are back. Once again, the music that you heard coming in from the break, that was Mike Daughtry and the Drift. EP coming out May 6th. You want to hear a little get-going 80s music. This is what you want to listen to. Some feel-good, some positive vibes. We all need that nowadays, right? Oh, yeah. The song that you just heard, it's called Join the Club. Like I said, super fun. It's getting to be good weather time. Turn this on when you're barbecuing. Not enough people come out with the feel-good music. David doesn't always like to go dark. Really? So go out, go check out... (laughs) <laughs> not yeah, yeah. yeah folks you better listen to this <laughs> so michaeldotry.com check him out get ready to download them we support indie artists around these yes. parts right hells yes. to the yeah rhythm nation by janet jackson why did sven ask this random ass question about francis scott key sven why don't you tell the people well if you answered 1814 you either and know your history or you just guessed based on the 1814 that comes after rhythm nation in the title of the album which i think is really fitting rhythm nation because like the whole thing is the concept of albums like what if we all could be a part of this nation that we started where people just come and dance and have fun and get together and be together right like i I didn't say it probably yeah. as cleanly as the the discussion went between Janet and Jimmy Jam, but but I think you're on the right the right track. Yeah, she confirmed I think way later on down the line that she did do that on purpose. That it was kind of she was trying to look at Rhythm Nation as her Star Spangled Banner, her new anthem. Rhythm Nation by Janet Jackson hashtag eighteen fourteen I guess came out in nineteen eighty nine. It was her fourth studio album so she had really caught in her stride this was mm-hmm. fresh off of control which took her from out from her brother and her dad's shadows right put her out there on her own she came out with this phenomenal album evil and i just a few episodes did 1986 is when control came out and this was on our top five control by janet jackson was i think our fifth best album of 1986 it's a phenomenal album and she followed it up with this, came out through A&M, and the producers listed James Harris, a.k.a. Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis, and then uh, Janet, obviously, and then Jelly Bean Johnson helped yeah. produce this, too. Those are the very, very basic facts. You already know what 1814 stood for. I will tell you that the number one thing that impresses me about this album that has to do with that is the fact that coming off Control, it was a huge hit. It was a fantastic album, and the label really, really wanted her to just go do that again, basically. And she was very, very, fuck that, I'm doing something completely different. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure the last thing that the label wanted to hear was, no, actually, I want to do a concept album. (laughs) (laughs) Did you know that this album almost, the alternate version of this album that they obviously didn't go with, but it was the the safer marketing strategy was to start the album with Miss You Much, go into Love Will Never Do Without You, and then Escapade. And then the closing songs, they'd finally get to like Living in the World, or Knowledge, Rhythm Nation. Wow. And then they were going to do a cover that was in color, 
and call the album Escapade. And that would have made the execs all happy, right? Because then here's your like yeah. your next like dance pop. And this was on the cusp of that like New Jack swing. You can call this that, but it also fights really hard against being put in that box with all the other New it, Jack swing kind of rhythmically. You have a lot of the same kind of the, the feel. I don't want to say the anti-Paula Abdul, but kind of like the... Yeah, it had a little more like grit more industrial a little more rock a little more i mean when we go through the tracks we could talk about that too but yeah and then of course the social message behind it there was definitely some social political yeah she was very very vocal about those issues and then mixed together with they were just like dance pop happy very poppy oh my god yeah before we get more into this we have uh, one thing that we have to do, Sven. We have to guess each other's favorite song on this album. Mm-hmm. So I'll pick yours. I honestly, it's the same thing that we had with Thriller. It could be freaking 70 Any, songs. Yeah. <laughs> Who the hell knows? I'm just going to go with Rhythm Nation for you. It's one of the best pop songs ever written. And I know it's the very first song, which it's always hard to pick that one, yeah. but I just can't, I can't see picking anything else. So that's, that's what I'm picking for your favorite of, of the album. I'll take it for you. I'm going to pick black cat because mm. who the fuck doesn't like black cat? Even yeah. Lemmy from motorhead quote, I effing love that song. <laughs> so, <laughs> really? Like, That's amazing. Um, I didn't know that. That's awesome. <laughs> it, it Black Cat. I, I don't know. That one to me just strikes... Because it's, it's definitely got the most different feel. Hell yeah. Uh, it, it's the one that really stands out. And it's an awesome rock song. It totally is. Great choice. I love that song. We'll see if I love it more than everything else on here. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to pick because, like we said, most of this album ended up being a hit. This was the first album ever to produce three number one hits in three different years. Yeah. When I first started getting back into Janet Jackson, which was just like last year or the year before, and I found a couple of her vinyls in my vinyl store and I bought them. And I turn this one on. Of course, Rhythm Nation plays. And then Miss You Much comes on. I'm like, holy shit, that was this album too? Yeah. And then Escapade comes on. I was like, there's no way Escapade was originally on this album. Because I swear that did it not seem like Escapade came out like three years later? Because the hits just kept coming off this. And Black Cat got a 1990 number one as well. So she had yeah. two in 90 off of this one. And then Love Will Never and Do then, Without uh, You. Love Will Never Do Without You in 91. In 90, yeah. Another random trivia. Do you know the next time that this happened? How long it took for this to happen again? Give me the, well, so what was this? If, if I give you the, the year, do you think you can guess the artist? So the years would have been 2019, 2020, and 2021. Oh, just because my head's on it on him right now is it juice world no hmm the weekend oh that makes sense. blinding lights blinding light in your eyes and save your tears it just hit after hit after hit and they prolonged it and it took like three years but that was crazy to me how all those were on one album and i did not remember that from I mean, I was really young when this came out, but I do yeah. definitely remember watching her. A lot of this album, a lot of political stances and a lot of deep messaging that was kind of the thing at that point. I guess she had just gotten real deep into the Stockton playground murders. And, you know, it was one of those times when Bush had just gotten in office after Reagan was in office and crack mm-hmm. was all time high. Homelessness was huge. 
you started having the starving kids in Africa commercials. And I think her, like a lot of other artists, started coming out with some more pop friendly public enemy type things, I guess. <laughs> right. That humanitarian effort runs in the family. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. Nope. Nope. Not going there yet. <laughs> Damn it. You know what? I We should have made a drinking rule that every time we try to compare her to her brother, somebody has to drink. You know, and I don't think it's fair, but at the same time, this so this album is a whole experience. Every video is amazing. The songs are fantastic. It's a whole like multimedia thing. You know, there's a movie yeah. with it. It did the whole thing that Thriller did with the whole pre-video yeah. for Rhythm Nation. <laughs> and I'm sorry, but you watch some of the videos and I'm not saying that she's stealing from Michael. I'm not saying anything like that. No. But they're fucking brother and sister. Yeah. They learn the same shit. Yeah. So you see her do moves and it's like, oh, that's a that's a fucking Jackson move. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can't help do that. And she's a Jackson, so it makes sense. Like, yeah. Her childhood was she might not have been on stage with the five, but she was touring around because it's not like she's not just gonna like leave kids here and then the whole rest yeah. of the family, you know. So she's just backstage that whole time absorbing. And yeah. what a life that must have been. Speaking of though, yeah, well. did you know that this one actually was the only album to generate seven top five singles? So she actually passed up Thriller. Because oh. Thriller had I didn't know that, that many top tens, but she actually got into the top five. five. That's awesome. I have a feeling that she had a pretty rough life doing that sort of thing, knowing yeah. what we know now about her father and uh, yeah. not saying anything bad again about her brother, but what life must have been like having to deal with the fame and things like that already just because you're a Jackson. Right. How hard it was for her, and that's probably more of a thing about the album Control, to break out of just being a Jackson. Right. Being Michael's sister. Any of their family, any of the siblings talk they all have a very similar demeanor and mm-hmm. and voice, but I find it especially similar between her and Michael. Yep. Their voices, the humility in... It, they weren't the brash, cocky no. stars that no, they but- could have been, or like they were to the rest of the world. But like, like for example, like in the intermission thingies, you know, um, the one that's, the, hey, baby, where yeah. she's just like, laughing and giggling in the studio and like oh you're not recording this are you you know and that totally yeah, sounds so quiet that and sounds like and, michael yeah and how he is in the studio and you know wouldn't say the f-bomb or cuss to you know no matter what and she seems like that it's just like this so wholesome and they're still kids yeah they're full grown-ass adults that are still kids you know there was something and this is the last time i'm going to compare her to her brother but like i said Mm -hmm. they they were brother and sister they grew up learning a lot of the same stuff i think their moves there are some times where you see the moves and you're like god that's the same fucking thing but there's something about janet to me that was warmer i i don't know she had this really innocent and genuine smile if you watch the Miss You Much video and she's doing her moves and she's got this completely joyful smile on her face yeah. and uh, there's just something about her that just, fuck, I, you're going to learn through this episode that I may or may not have a pretty big crush on Janet Jackson. And honestly, <laughs> just one more pile on, like 
if Michael was Peter Pan, she was Wendy. In terms of personality and the warmth <laughs> and like the caring kind of like embracing kind of a, a, a personality. And uh, yeah, anyway. I'm going to get one complaint out of the way so we can concentrate yeah. on other things. Like I said, this is happening a lot in the late 80s. And then it happened in the early 90s and it's kind of happening now and it'll happen again. This album, and we did touch very briefly on it, it's this real super aware political let's get together and do mm-hmm. great things. It's just, I'm sorry to all musicians out there, but writing a song doesn't fucking do anything. Yeah, It's a cause without a rebellion. In the late 80s was doing this a lot. Hey, look, crack gun violence, homelessness. Let's write a song about it. I get Hands Across America and We Are the World and stuff like that. You're raising money. But there's this almost comical thing to me. I I love Rhythm Nation, but making a music video where you're choreographed dancing, I'm glad that you're aware, Mm -hmm. but are you doing anything Really? Are yeah. you is it, what what about this is helping the causes that you're talking about? You know, you know what I yeah. mean? Oh, totally. I, and you know, I think for me without getting too political, that criticism extends into all sorts of awareness campaigns and I'm doing air you quotes. You mean like posting on Facebook posts and shit like that? Facebook, yeah, yeah. like the Facebook activists and the, you know, yes. You need to create awareness for your cause because nothing will change without that. But you can't stop there. You can't be like, oh, look at me. Good job. I did that. I got some attention. Okay, where's the call to action? Where's the follow through? Where's the follow up? Where's the actual change? I know it's not fair to say like one person has to do it all. But if if you're going to call attention to it, you kind of put yourself in the driver's seat to maybe lead a charge. So do it. That's, That's my last complaint. From here on out, it's all love. I did not know this until researching this. The song Love Will Never Do uh, Without You, which is a great song. Did you know that their original vision, and I'm going to have to drink for this, was to have Prince sing the first verse? And that's why her (laughs) voice is so low on the first verse is because they wanted to have Prince do it and he didn't end up doing it. I did not know that. Yeah. So I just and I'm gonna drink with you. I just said Prince three times. So <laughs> we should probably change your artist to Michael Jackson after this one, <laughs> because I think that's the biggest artist you talk It'll about. It'll probably change as soon as we change it. That's true. I'm just gonna have to think about <laughs> episodes upcoming. Don't worry. There's still plenty of Chuck Mangione moments coming. <laughs> a drink. I'll take one there for. Love will never do is is more of a fun poppy song. But then we have songs like we have Miss You Much and we have Rhythm Nation, The Knowledge, and we have Mm -hmm. Black Cat. People are going to laugh and think I'm an idiot when I say this, but hear me out and then go listen to the sounds on this album. There's another album that came out this year, Pretty Hate Machine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Pretty Hate Machine and Rhythm Nation brought these two different total industrial feels Mm -hmm. to pop that I think completely changed music. Yeah. Like those two hitting at the same time brought this super, super pop to this super hardcore into the mainstream. I think oh, yeah. it is the reason that industrial is now still so fucking popular. Well, cause what like didn't, okay. So this was 89. It was either in the same year or shortly after in like 1990, didn't Madonna follow up with something 
equally as yeah. industrial. If there's anything we know about Madonna, she's going to follow the thing that just became hot. Exactly. What was oh, the M, shit. the album with the, uh, the Immaculate, the baby blue one with the M on it? Yep. Everybody started to follow this stuff. This album gets overlooked by people that are fans of industrial music and i think it has a massive influence yep. on industrial music like the snare drum in all i think it's in all right it's seriously it's like a snare drum but also sounds like two metal pipes banging against you it's uh-huh. like that kind of it, the, those types of ringy like metallic sounds that make industrial and then these blank almost white noises going through the whole song just like kind of people had not done this before and everybody did it after this and everything was very abrupt very sharp punctuated every beat every you know subdivision was punctuated like the choruses of miss you much that Yeah, which which made it yeah. so awesome, I think, for the choreographers. I think this whole thing was whether... Oh, hell yeah. I'm sure a lot of it's thought out. A lot of it was just like it happened. But for the choreography, that sharp punctuation and industrial sound, it probably was really mm-hmm. easy to grab things in the groove to then choreograph those. Because you look at the dance moves, they're very sharp. God, you have to move so hit, fast and then like hit. hit, stop, hit, stop, you know. Yeah. That's so hard physically. That's so that it would be so hard to do. And but it matched. It was. It, and she was and she was so good at it. Yeah. And her look, she has talked about it. This isn't me saying it, although I'll say it, but this was really the first time because you gotta remember, think about her childhood and, and her dad was this strict Jehovah's Witness. They were raised in this very strict household this album not even controlled this album was the first time that she really started to feel like she could be sexual and Mm. be proud about that part of her and she's talked about that in interviews and and the dances are there's crap now i don't remember what video it is but there's one of the videos it's it's really fucking sexy Mm -hmm. and there's this you know this slinky kind of dancing going on and she's did such a good job of playing both parts she was such a badass and just everything about her i i just really like janet jackson man she yeah i think i was also like 10 when i was really getting into this so i think that's when (laughs) huge crush puberty plus (laughs) rhythm nation and it's game over you know what i mean i didn't stand a chance what did you do when (laughs) janet came out you know the the album with her hands up and then there was the hands the the rolling stone cover yeah i think i was just mad because like what fucking dude is touching? (laughs) who's touching my girl that's not yeah oh exactly I like the knowledge of this woman that had been, for lack of a better word, suppressed her whole life and going out on her own and feeling like she could be as sexy as she wanted to be. There's something just extremely attractive about that. What's crazy is that the sexy wasn't like she could still be sexy and it still is. She's not giving it all away. If, if that makes sense, We're you know, have to edit all of this out. But yes, I do. I absolutely know what you mean. Like it's, it was artsy, tasteful. As far as you look, could... I'll say it like this. I don't, I'm not editing this. I don't care. I will make sure that for as long as I can, my daughter does not know what a Nicki Minaj music video is. <laughs> I will sit down with my daughter and watch any Janet Jackson yes. music video. That's yes. pretty much 
There you go. <laughs> I'd put that. <laughs> That's probably a good way to put that into perspective. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Let's touch on Black Cat. Let's talk about Black Cat. Let's do it. Cause that, because that, to me, is a fascinating... It is. She got Best Female Rock Vocal Nomination. Yeah. Um, Wrote it entirely herself. I, I, oh, yeah. Completely. It's the first one she got sole credit yep. for. Like I already said, like, let me from Motorhead... So this is a fun little story, and I wish... Fuck you, Sony Records. I agree. Not really. Don't sue us. But oh, fuck them. They don't... They'll never Lemmy play. wanted to record a version of Black Cat with her for... No way. Yeah, for his album, Lemmy and Friends. It got shot down by the label. They would not let him do it. <sighs> uh, Why? Like, I... What's the Sony. worst case scenario of Janet Jackson and Lemmy? You sell a fucking million records? Right? His quote is that you could tell from the video that she was having a good time. And this loud rock music is what she really wanted to be doing. I love that fucking song. Great fucking song. But that record company wouldn't let it be possible. You know what's funny and, is, uh, is thinking of Lemmy giving a shit. It surprises right. me that Lemmy wasn't like, fuck you, I'm doing it. And also like that this was supposedly, he said this was like his most desired collaboration. And it never wow. happened. I do love the the video is so perfectly 80s. It's these pause stills of of playing live, but there is man her her attitude doing that song live. Like she's head she is legit head banging. She's fucking into it. It's so lovable everything about that. And even though it's yeah, about as cheesy 80s as you can possibly get, I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, and I think who was it? Guitar player from In Living Color. Uh, oh, oh, uh, Vernon Reed. Yes, thank you. The guitar mix version features Vernon Reed on the main, like what you hear on the album. That's still um, Dave Barry, who became her touring guitar player. Mm -hmm. That that hooked me. Like I think the main guitar riff that you hear, all the guitar stuff, and then I guess Jelly Bean played like the slide guitar yep. on it. Like there's so many layers of guitars in the song. Like I think this is one of those hidden guitar player gems because there's so many cool little like funk rhythm that's in there. Yeah. There's like so many little layers that all make a, the track. The the guitar mix version with Vernon Reed from Living Color. He was another one of those people that said that it was his favorite track on the song. It's awesome. Um, the guitar work on Black Cat and the guitar riff on Rhythm Nation, that twangy guitar loop. Yeah. Those are two of the coolest fucking guitar parts on an album. For those guys to come up with this in that whole industrial thing we were talking about, it's, it's so good. It sounds so fucking good. Do you know Dave Navarro recorded opening riffs for it too? That, that No. Like later on? And they used it on Jackson's uh, Rock With You tour? No, I didn't know that. This song like pulled people from the rock world into Janet's universe. That's fantastic. It's so nuts. Like <laughs> This song was, I think, from doing my research, being able to find songs that she actually talked about, I feel like this song was her baby. Yeah. She really wanted this dive bar banger, which think I know you listen to it now and you're like dive bar banger, but this is 89. Right. And this is another cool thing is the lyrics of black cat, the perspective that nobody ever thinks about because all this gangster rap and all these songs about gang bangers and stuff like that. This song is about the women that are standing there watching their sons and their husbands and their boyfriends go be gang bangers. You never hear mm -hmm. that. 
in movies, in songs, anything. That's brutal. That's more brutal than the gang banging. Being a gang member's yeah. mom. She wanted to talk about that. She wanted something that was kind of a lament to Big Mama Thornton, which if you don't know who that was, she basically founded rock and roll. Sven, I'm starting. This wasn't my favorite song in the album, but I'm talking myself into it like <laughs> as we're conversing about it. You see what I did there? I like planted the yeah. seed at the beginning <laughs> and totally now I'm trying did. to win you over so that I can be right. <laughs> it's just, it's such a good song. The end of this album slows down a lot. There's a good amount of ballads on here. There's how many ballads? Four or five? There's a lot more than there's I would have expected. Yeah. Come Back to Me. There's Lonely. I guess Living in a World. Uh, yeah, it kind of oh, counts. There's only four. There's like yeah. four. And usually I hate it. I hate it, hate it, hate it. When they go to the end of the album, they they put a couple ballads on there. And I will Especially when I they're back to back, right? You're like, yeah. what are you doing back to yeah. back? Come Back to Me is a great song. And I'm going to just let you finish that. <laughs> Come Back to Me is a very, very good song. And maybe it's still my crush on Janet Jackson mm. that I'm just picturing her singing this to me. But the hook is amazing in it. But that is my only gripe about this album. Besides the whole political let's be artists and sing to change the world thing. The end does really, really. Yeah. It goes black cat. And then it, okay, now we're going to put you to sleep. Yeah. And honestly, if they didn't stick that living in complete darkness interlude at the end, it would have felt like the last one, two, three tracks were a weird, not even this album. Yeah. That's kind of what I meant at the very beginning when I talked about how these interludes to me are the reason that I get it as an entire album. I get this collection of songs. It's a stretch towards the end, but it I is. feel like without that interlude, it would have really just been like this weird hanging i also wonder how mm. much the end of this album was like you were talking about trying to appease the label poppy yeah. thing with the bright colors is maybe they showed the label we'll put this on the album we're gonna put it at the end but we'll put this on yeah. the album. you know something like that because it really does it surprises me the main three producers of this in janet jimmy and terry lewis anything you read about the making of this album those three were essentially just in a room pounding this one out, super close, doing it all together. And I do have a hard time thinking that their vision had these three at the very end in a row like this. I almost wonder what it would have been like if Black Cat would have been like where they ended it. Me too. Like went out on that. Maybe, you know, one more interlude. The last full song being Black Cat. What that would have done to this album because... I think I agree. I guess, yeah, thinking about it, it's like they, they must have recorded these songs and not known what to do them because they don't fit between anything else. You, they you really can't don't. squeeze them, come back to me right after the knowledge. I don't know. And that's Rhythm Nation. That is That's Janet Jackson's, I don't know. I don't know if it's her magnum opus. We'll have to ask her someday. Janet, come on the show, please. Oh, yeah. We would That's like next month, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, if we can get Jennifer Batten, I feel like yeah. we can get a lot of other people. Stay um, tuned, folks. Yeah. We're not going to spoil you with which episode it is, so you have to listen to all the episodes. Exactly. To find out Janet's, when Janet Jackson comes Janet on. sneaks in at some point on minute 46, so you have to listen. We're going to take a break, and we're going to come back with some awards and categories. We'll be right back. Like a top here on my dashboard 
All right. We are back. The Ace of Spades. Sorry. That's not what you just heard coming in from the break, but I do like that song. The music that you heard coming in from the break, that song was Drive All Night by Mike Daughtry and The Drift. You heard it. Awesome, fun, 80s-style song. Think Karate Kid montage. Yeah. And this is the song that you're going to get. Brand new EP. Comes out May 6th. Go check it out. I mean, you've heard it. It is so fun. Download May 6th. Support them indie artists. Hope we get you a couple downloads and a few likes there, Mike. Awards and categories. We can do the DMX Award. We already talked about this. I think that the DMX Award for this one, I really think that it's how industrial it was. How it had that whole dirty, steamy pipe thing going on. Yeah. I think that really changed music. Yeah. I mean, I kind of wrote down something very similar in, in that... It was a rebellion against New Jack Swing before New Jack Swing needed to be rebelled against. It was kind of like, like if that. somebody would have like fought disco in the early 70s before disco became a thing, because like it still got a lot of that feel. So it's kind of a little bit thriller-ish in that regard. Mm, I, I'm not going to so say that like... at risk of having my drinking game thing changed, <laughs> but... But no, I get it. Because, you know, Thriller had a little bit of disco, but it was definitely not disco. Right. And they were purposely trying to avoid it. And I feel like Janet and Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis were purposely like, you know what? This is what's going to make the labels happy. It's going to fit with what's out there. But let's push back and make it not something that people can just put in that box. I think you're on to something. Overrated, underrated, properly rated. Mm. So in its time, I think it was properly rated. I think it deserved all the number one hits and it deserved the number one billboards. Currently, and we can touch on this now, uh, I'm not going to touch on it too long because I think we're actually going to do an episode about this, maybe this season. Mm. It's incredibly underrated. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason is Janet got cast off the face of the earth because of the fucking Super Bowl thing. God, yeah. She was. She was a complete pariah. Nobody would touch her with a 10-foot pole after that. And looking back at what happened, is there a dumber reason for a more amazing artist to be completely ostracized from the entire industry? Right? Especially when nowadays you go look at like a tour and watch people almost do that on purpose. You got Tove Low. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like it's the stupid. Agree with you. It's the stupidest. And not for nothing and not saying it's his fault, but absolutely nothing happened to Justin Timberlake. In fact, he got way more famous. Yeah. It's complete bullshit. Uh, Burn the patriarchy. Exactly. Actually, the person that brought it to my attention, I hadn't even thought about it until the 1986 episode and evil touched on it and it completely hit me. And now I can't stop thinking about it. And it makes me so mad. She was such a good artist in every sense of the word and everything got ripped away from her and it's bullshit. It was, uh, it just sucks. It sucks. So yeah, she's incredibly underrated and everybody out there now Go buy, well, no, it doesn't matter. I'm not saying go buy vinyls because that's just helping the label. But I don't know. Write Janet Jackson a letter and tell her she's a badass. Do that. Influences and influencees. Hmm. So 
I said that she influenced pop basically. This album influenced pop for the next five years because it did. For sure. Just go listen to pop for the next five years. Influences, I hear a lot of kind of the pre pop. You were talking about the new Jack Swing, mm-hmm. like the cameo album in the 80s and kind of that more fun, but not as rappy beat style stuff. I think that yeah. really, really influenced this album and not directly. But I do hear a lot of, actually, no, you know what I'm going to say? You know what I hear that this influenced now that I just now thought about it? Michael Jackson came out with Dangerous in... Ooh! What year was Dangerous? Nine, uh, You're flipping this around. Yeah, 91. Mm-hmm. I, I just thought of Didn't this. Didn't she collab with him on... Scream, which... Yes. The song Scream, which that was more like 94, I think. Yeah. That, honestly, that might be my favorite song of either of theirs. That is such a good song. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, Dangerous came out in 91. And I'm telling you, I hear a lot of Rhythm Nation in Dangerous. Yeah. I'll just leave that there. Uh, Do you have any? Anything that went... Perfect answer. Never mind the Bullocks Award. Do you know all her all her albums? Ooh. I know a lot. I don't know all. I'm not I'm not super familiar with them all. I would say yes, but yes, yeah, but. but I have a soft spot for Janet mm. that came out in 1993. So it was like this, this, this for like three years in a row, and then like 92 was like a break, and then 93 she came out with Janet, yeah. which was the sexy yep. cover and maybe it was oh god maybe i'm just that much of a freaking pig it was the cover <laughs> no it's a good album <laughs> no because that one that was a good album and that one i felt like really it was her coming way more into her yeah. own even more so than this one i can see like that. stepping into her own space i would say this one probably had a bigger impact on music industry and the future of like the sound of music yeah. Pop music. So it's definitely not a Nevermind the Bullocks album for you. <laughs> I do think it's her best album, but it is not a Nevermind the Bullocks for me. I think that she has, I think she has three very good albums. I do think this is the best of the three, but it's not a long shot. Control is an incredible album. I think Janet is a fantastic album. So mm-hmm. yeah. John Paul Jones Award, I don't have anything. I don't I think if you touch any of the production, the people on the production, if you add anybody, I don't see anything here that could help. I have a feeling that you might have one though, Sven. I just want to hear Lemmy play on Black. I knew it. I knew that's what you were gonna say. I was about I was gonna say that and I was like, no, I gotta leave that for Sven. Teach him Young Award. That's hard. And I'm going to pick this one because it's an earworm and because my kids are at the age where they like really catchy, repetitive stuff. Earworms work. The, to me, it was more of like, what would I be able to get a kid to actually sit down and listen to and enjoy? Miss you much mm, because yeah. the hook is spelling and then like, <laughs> miss you much. So I said Rhythm Nation. Like I said at the beginning, it's the perfect pop song. And that's, yeah. I can't really say much more than that. Um, the John Popper Award for Best Hook. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go first. I think it's Black Cat. The chorus to Black Cat is the best nice. hook on the album. This this album is has so many hooks. Mm-hmm. Rhythm Nation, 
take you on an escapade. Yeah. Miss you much. But I mean, th- this is the hookiest freaking yeah. album, dude. You could you throw a dart at a dartboard and you're going to hit one. That's uh, why what, all what the number you... ones. Yeah. It, actually, Rhythm Nation is my favorite hook. Just the way mm, that that cool. sits in the melody and then when they go, we are a part of Yeah. It. Like, it just like the way it... The chorusing the, in the chorus. Yeah. John Prime Best Lyric Award. So this is just kind of par for the course for anything pop those days is the lyrics are very... I don't have one because the lyrics are super, mm-hmm. all my life I'm waiting or it's... Limericky. Yeah. Or just like... It's kind of like the difference between like late 80s, 90s rap and like, I was going to say like rap now, but then there's some <laughs> rap now that I'm like, no. no. But yeah, I mean, um, w- w- do you know what I mean? I yeah, absolutely the, know. The, the rhyming schemes aren't that complex. There's not a lot of metaphors. Everything's pretty literal. With, with music see, by yeah. our side to break the color lines, let's work together to improve our way of life. I mean, yeah, it's it's good. Uh, it's something I could see Mr. Rogers singing. Right. And, and hey, we both know how much we love Mr. Rogers, so I'm not talking any no. shit. I'm just saying it, yeah. it's not exactly edgy. Right, right. <laughs> like I was really thinking um, like Black Cat, I would have pulled something from that, but even that one. Better watch your step or you're going to die. <laughs> but man, back then it sure was edgy. Eddie Van Halen Ward. Yeah, I was going to call out the guitar riffs. Every guitar part <laughs> in Black Cat. The guitars are fantastic, <laughs> yeah. They really are. Yeah. I actually said the chorus of Rhythm Nation. When the chorus of people is mm-hmm. singing the cor- the we mm-hmm. are a part, mm-hmm. yeah. that's so good. Yeah. Surfer Rosa Award. So I think this is Ooh. actually pretty well spread out, but we did touch on it. Man, the, the end just does fall off a cliff yeah i would say that it's not split exactly side a side b but it starts off stronger than it finishes so like way stronger ah yeah almost maybe time of your life award sven what's the worst song on this album i don't think there is one but like you could pick the last three any i'm gonna say some days tonight um Mm. that's really me just throwing a dart uh, at one of the last three songs. One, yeah. So I picked a different one of those songs. <laughs> I think Lonely is the yeah. worst song on this. And it, to me, it's because that's the start of the end. Uh, All My Life, I actually really like as a ballad. I think it's a fantastic song. But yeah, I, I am not a fan of Lonely. I don't think it's a very good song. Yeah. Which leads us to the fun award. Our top songs. Yeah. Our three favorite songs on the album. I'll go ahead and go first and let you go last. I'm going to preface this by saying these three songs are completely interchangeable. You could one, two, three, three, two, one, two, three, one. It does not matter. All three of these songs are basically my number one song. My number three is Black Cat, which we've talked plenty about. My number two is Rhythm Nation because it's Rhythm Nation. And like I said, it's it's one of the best written pop songs of all time. But my number one is actually Miss You Much. Woo! The chords that they're hitting on that chorus, that high kind of synthy violin mm-hmm. that when it's like, bang, and there's something about Janet on that song. She is in her mode. She is sensual. She's fucking killing it. Her uh, vocals are amazing. It's just... 
I love that song so much. Besides maybe Scream with her and Michael, I think that's probably my favorite Janet Jackson song of all time. It's freaky. Uh-oh. Freaky here. Uh-oh. If you took your list and then just turned the paper upside oh, down. Oh, really? <laughs> so Rhythm Nation is still in the middle. It's my list. I just went backwards with Black Cat being my... So Miss You Much being my third, Rhythm Nation, Black Cat then being my number one. Oh, my goodness <laughs> so we chose the same three if i would add a fourth knowledge would have been number four i am not a fan of the talky talks that happen in songs but knowledge does a cool job of it and knowledge has a great beat going through the whole thing too yeah wow that's awesome we we are definitely <laughs> a part of the rhythm nations friend i think so final award of the night because we are gelling so good besides us Sven, who won this album? Does anyone else matter? <laughs> oh, of course they do. Nah. Who won the album? You know, you touched on this a little bit. And I think we both kind of did off and on, but the impact this hit, especially when you called out Pretty Hate Machine, um, <laughs> this, I think, helped gridify. Is that, can I use that? Is that I a like word it. I just made up? Hell yeah. Can that be a, can we make that a word? Gridify? Yep. Grit, gritty? It it helped add that kind of like skanky, dirty kind of, you know, stankiness to pop music that came out after this slowly diluted it, Yeah, I feel like. Yep. But it gave it this attitude that was kind of like this badassness. Yeah, this dark. So it's the attitude, the attitude of pop music. I like it a lot, actually. I would agree. I am actually going to say uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. I think Janet Jackson had won already with Control. I think she took the world in her hand. And this time, the producers that she got in Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, they saw her vision and they killed it. They absolutely killed it. Yeah. Fantastic job. Now all that's left to do is to rate the album. Rate it. This is not a 10 out of 10 for me. Maybe in in the larger scale, it probably is. I'm also the guy that didn't give Thriller a 10 out of 10. So, So you know, grain of salt here, people. But Sven did touch on it. It does kind of fall off a cliff a little bit. And there are a couple songs. There's one song that I just flat out don't like. So I am giving it 9 out of 10 crushes that I have on Janet Jackson. It's not the perfect album, but my God, it is one of my faves. Sven, what about you? Yeah, I I feel this one deserves not one of my crazy rating systems. Oh, I like that. Yeah, but I'm going to go with decimal. (laughs) So for me, it's a little bit higher, just barely higher than where you're putting it. I'm going to say like a 9.7 out of 10. Really, really damn damn close. And the point... That might be the highest score you've ever given. I think... Probably. Wow. This is really close. Wow. Uh, really close. I will say, too, I want to add on that when this album choice surfaced when I, and you were like, hey, this you, is what yeah. we're doing, I was pissed. Really? I did not want to like it. No. Why? I fought liking it. I already knew it, and I already knew it was a good album, but I'm like, why the fuck are we dragging this out after this long this album's been like buried i finally forgot about it now you're gonna make me really? go listen to it again and it was weird i don't know why it might have just been a mood i was in i was i was you know we had done we had done thriller before that and thriller is way yeah, i know than yeah this. but 
but Thriller, everyone still talks about <laughs> Thriller. I felt like this one was like, okay, it's forgotten. Now you're going to make me have to remember shit. That's why I wanted to do it yeah. because I think it's bullshit it deserves that it. this album was forgotten. It deserves it. And thank you for picking it. I just ranked it a 9.7. And as you pointed out, I don't think I've ranked anything that I, I know. know my rating systems are arbitrary, but like yes. this is definitely, I feel that strongly about it. So I went from pissed about it to like, thank you because I enjoyed the process <laughs> and now I have a, a better understanding and respect for this album. That's what we like to hear on verse, chorus, verse. And that's the type of music we love. Rhythm Nation. I've gotten to talk about Janet Jackson twice so far this season. I'm a happy man. I think I'm going to get to a third it's a time. Year. It's a very good year. This year has been awesome for the pod and we are happy and we appreciate everyone. Versecourseverse.com at versecourseversepod. Thank you to Mike Daughtry and the Drift for uh, giving us the music. Happy to play it for you. Like we said, we hope you When's get your couple When's that EP down. drop? May 6th. <laughs> yeah. Join us next week. The whole crew, all four of us, the Rachels and the Evils and the Spens and the DLs are going to talk the middle child Woodstock 94. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You guys have opinions. <laughs> Looking forward. Come back and hear ours. <laughs> it ain't no 69. <laughs> at least <laughs> it ain't no 69. That should, everybody, we love you. You're amazing. Once again, to the new listeners, hope you keep on. Please write us. Go to our website, versecoursefirst.com. You can write us. Ask us anything. We'll answer it. Well, not anything. But uh, we'll try. <laughs> I, I'll edit it a little <laughs> bit. Spend, I love you. It's good to see Dude. you again. <laughs> Always. <laughs> I miss this. Yeah, it's been a while. Good night and good luck. Good night. Oh, I, oh, I, I want to stay right by your side.